the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he pinned me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name, that happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. is the two-man power trip of wrestling feature episode number nine if you didn't know by now my name is chad and as always i'm joined by my tag team partner the one and only jp john paz and on this feature show we want to get this one out to you it's a special little bonus episode this week featuring an interview that we published over the weekend on our youtube channel promoting the mlw fury road that took place last saturday in wisconsin in mlw's debut in Wisconsin, and it's a good little chat with Davy Boy Smith Jr., who took on Maxwell Jacob Friedman, otherwise known as MJF, that night. And in this interview, you're going to hear a lot of promotion for that match, but there's also a lot of great information about Davy Boy Smith Jr. and his relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling, what's been going on in his career, and uh, where we might see him in the next couple of months. But we want to get this one out to you because it is a great little interview. It's uh, a nice little chat with Davey Boy Smith Jr. And I know we'd love to have him back on in the future, but it was great to talk a little MLW and MLW's Fury Road event that took place last Saturday in Wisconsin. And I know if you watch MLW on BN Sports, you might be able to see some of these matches in the near future. So please stay tuned to MLW and please keep an eye on Davey Boy Smith Jr., a guy who absolutely should be in the mainstream wrestling conversation uh, every single day of the week. This is a guy with the natural ability, uh, the unbelievable physique, and obviously the pedigree of his father, the late, great Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, as well as with his extended family, the Hart family, his Uncle Brett, 
his grandfather, Sue Hart, obviously his uncle, Owen Hart, and the great Hart family as well. So please keep an eye on Davy Boy Smith Jr. as he makes his way through the ranks of MLW as well as the amazing things that he has done in New Japan Pro Wrestling and in the Japanese wrestling scene over the last couple of years. So just wanted to pop on here quickly to introduce this. Enjoy it. It's a nice one. It's a fun one. And uh, if you haven't checked out MLW again, we want to thank them for participating in this episode with us and always giving us great guests to promote their shows. And if you haven't seen MLW, please head on over to MLW.com and check them out on Being Sports. Check your local listings. So let's wrap this up in a nice package. Remember, this week, the Triple Threat Podcast with Shane Douglas moves over to Russo's Brand and the Realm Network. You can subscribe to us over there at Russo's Brand. It is going to be exclusively on that platform going forward, but also going to have a video element. So if you love the franchise, Shane Douglas, you can check out the franchise in video format each and every week on the Triple Threat Podcast. So let's wrap it up here nice. Let's get it on over to the man who's carrying the Hart legacy into the next generation. He is a member of the new Hart Foundation in MLW. He is the one and only Davey Boy Smith Jr. Joining us on the line tonight is a man with a very rich history in the professional wrestling business. He's a former WWE World Tag Team Champion. He's a three-time IWGP World Tag Team Champion. He's a current star of MLW and on the Fury Road going through Wisconsin, the one and only Davey Boy Smith Jr. joining the two-man power trip. Davey Boy, how you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, like I was just telling you earlier, I uh, have been lucky enough and MLW's put some good faith into me. They contacted me last the last minute to meet uh, early tomorrow morning and do some PR work for them on the news. So, uh, very busy weekend at with the uh, match with MJF coming up for Fury Road as well. So, I'm uh, looking forward to it and uh, glad of I'm happy about all the exposure MLW's given me. Oh, yeah, the perfect place for you to end up in MLW, and it's the Hart Foundation versus the Dynasty. Davey Boy Boy Smith Jr. versus MJF, Saturday night, 
at Fury Road in Milwaukee. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, you can go to MLWTickets.com. Obviously, MLW, a, a huge presence right now with being sports and all these events that you guys have been running. But you got this match here with MJF, a guy who's really on the tip of a lot of tongues in the wrestling world. But are you looking forward to this match here in Milwaukee and uh, this Fury Road event? I'm definitely looking forward to it. You know, MJF, uh, I think that he's a very talented young uh, competitor, but he has a big mouth and he likes to run it. So coming this Saturday, Fury Road, I'm going to have to shut his mouth up, possibly for good, and have to teach him a little lesson that Stu Hart taught a lot of people down in the dungeon. And when he stretched them, he'd stretch them either till they tapped out or till they passed out. And uh, we're going to see which one of those comes first for MJF. I'm looking forward to it. It's been a very long time since I've been in Milwaukee, probably over 10 years since I was with WWE. And I always had a lot of great fans and a few friends down in Milwaukee also. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the fans of Milwaukee. And hopefully they enjoy me devouring and stretching MJF. <laughs> Milwaukee, obviously a great, rich wrestling history, a great town, great fans. And for a guy like MJF who likes to run his mouth, it's a perfect place for uh, for a little bit of those booze to come raining down. But if you're going to cinch anything in, definitely go for some kind of face lock and neutralize that mouth because that's, uh, that's going to be his key to victory is uh, talking a big game. Oh, I've got a, quite a few surprises for MJF. I have a very, very dangerous little cross face. I actually used it in a uh, blood sport match against Killer Cross, and he's a very tough competitor. He tapped out within uh, a few seconds. The pain is unbearable. So when I get my hands on MJF, I think before before he's able to tap out, he may just pass out. <laughs> That's great. And you know, and you think about you and your history with MLW going back to even before you were in WWE and really getting some great exposure uh, with Tyson Kidd as your tag team partner and seeing you come all the way back here and be such a mainstay of the resurgence or the reemergence of MLW. How does it feel for you to uh, start off so young with MLW and see them come back really out of the dust and rise back into this great prominence and you be a part of that? Oh, it's great. You know, when I first uh, started in LW, I was, I think, 17 years old, uh, doing a chemistry homework on the airplane, heading back because it was right around midterms in January. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of great stars there at the time, like this Billy Hart, Jack Evans, Roderick Strong, uh, Rocky Romero, who now works with me in Japan. But, uh, you know, I have a lot of history with MLW, and uh, Court Bowers for me a really great opportunity. And it's good that uh, we have prior history and uh, prior relationship working there, and Court also was working briefly in WWE when I was there too. So there's definitely a lot of good history there with MLW, and hopefully MLW releases or uh, publicizes my first couple matches there with. C.J. Wilson is a MP Bulldogs. It's really fun to go back and watch a lot of that older footage and uh, see how good I was you know, at the time when I was seven, but how much I've grown also as a uh, performer. And 
Yeah, and if people haven't seen those early days of MLW, I mean, it was star-studded when you look back and you see some of the guys that passed through there, like yourself, you know, early in your career, and then some of the veterans that passed through, too, and some of the wars and some of the yeah, matches. Like, Steve Bruno, Dusty Rhodes, Steve Williams, Mike Godson, all those guys, for sure. Oh, yeah, the Extreme Horsemen, you know, the War Games matches. I mean, it was amazing to see what they were doing at the time. You know, when there wasn't uh, any real strong number two, I mean, Ring of Honor was still in its younger days, so was TNA, but MLW had something, and again, it's like that full circle moment for you. You know, you're, now you're back here as you rise, and you're doing events, and you're doing pay-per-view, iPay-per-view, and now you're in Milwaukee, and you know, it's it, it's just really cool to kind of look back and see how far you've come, and you know, it's, a, it's a really great story. Absolutely, and you know, I was going to put MJF to the ringer pretty good coming up here on Saturday, but... After MJF, after that finished and, and done with, Adam and I set on other goals in MLW, and that's the World Heavyweight Championship that Tom Waller currently holds. And I respect Tom Waller as a fighter and a wrestler, and I think that we match up pretty good, but I haven't done a whole lot of singles competition in MLW yet. It's been a lot of tag stuff, so obviously I have to prove myself in singles competition as well, but hopefully that'll be... Uh, shown improving with my upcoming battle with MJF, but I guess I'm looking forward to the future with MLW and as are set on uh, the MLW Heavyweight Championship, and I think that we'll have a lot of great matches for the fans, myself and Filthy Tom Lawler. There's no doubt about that, and thinking of not, not only singles, but you're talking about tag division, thinking about you and Teddy Hart, Basically, an awesome tag team with some phenomenal tag team maneuvers. Heart Foundation is back. What is that like to really be the you know the next generation, the next wave of Heart Foundation, along with Brian Pillman Jr.? Yeah, you know, like I was, we were just talking about the history, and history is so important. And uh, it's come full circle with myself and Teddy Hart. We were the first uh, H2 Heart Foundation in the old NLW in about 2004. And now the new generation with Brian Tillman Jr. that's been added. Uh, yeah, we've ascertained him, I suppose. And uh, it's really great to, to see and Teddy Hart and I have natural chemistry in the ring, being that we're blood relatives. We've been wrestling with each other since we were, literally since we were children. And uh, one thing I think is really great is Teddy Hart and I are both a little bit like polar opposites outside of the ring. So kind of those that magnet that uh, magnetism going against each other, but when we go in the ring, it, it sticks together. So, and I think that I have power in the size and the power moves, and the technical abilities. Teddy's got the amazing client, uh, amazing technical abilities as well, and he's a very fierce competitor. So I think that we could be perhaps. Uh, one of the greatest tag teams going right now. I feel like whenever you're in a tag team, automatically you're going to win belts, automatically going to be a great team. Think about you and Lance Hoyer, a.k.a. Lance Archer, in New Japan, winning the IWGP World Tag Titles three times. I just always associate you with having a good tag team. What is it about you that you're just able to kind of adapt to your partner's style and create a great tag team that eventually is going to win some tag team gold? <clears throat> Well, you know, naturally, my father was had a lot of success in uh, tag team wrestling as well. So 
I suppose that could be uh, hereditary to some degree. But I suppose I could adapt to pretty much uh, anybody that I team up with in the ring. And uh, growing up, I've learned a lot about team psychology and uh, the way, you know, how to transition down with a partner as best as you can, even if your styles are completely different or what you have to do. And sometimes that depends on pacing and how long your partner is going to be in the ring for and how long you're going to be in the ring for and uh, what kind of personalities you have together also. So I, I think that I can adapt pretty well with a lot of people almost accurately and just colors to what its surroundings are. So that, that would be the best way to explain it. And I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of great tag team partners like you mentioned Lance Hoyt. I also teamed up with Chavo Guerrero in over India. Uh, I had to team up with my uh, the late great Jim the Handle Nightheart before he passed away. Some of his tag teams he had. It's a blast and a great experience. So fortunate that I had a lot of cool guys to team up with. And you mentioned, obviously, your, your father, Davey Boy Smith, one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. Such a great combination of strength and speed and just one of the best. And obviously the British Bulldogs with Dynamite Kid is one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Was it a lot of pressure being Davey Boy's son, being that he was so good? I mean, it's a lot to live up to. Well, certainly. You know, but uh, like the old saying goes, I love pressure, pressure. The coal and pressure turns into a diamond. So pressure was good, but it also wasn't easy. I, I don't have to add that, but you know, I, I enjoyed the pressure to so push me and turn me into a into a great superstar. And now that I'm with them, this is really booting my career at the, at the moment, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, living up to my father's legacy and also to come out. Definitely some big shoes to fill, and, and what a legacy that is. And as far as that legacy, as far as you're thinking that, what do you think is, the, you know, the legacy of you and your father and, you know, in the, the legendary hearts? What, what would you have to say to that? Well, you know, uh, I think my submission wrestling skills have only really literally been scratched and have barely been seen by the uh, – Naked eye, or naked public eye, I suppose I could say. So I've done a lot of uh, grappling and training with the likes of Billy Robinson and Josh Barnett, and a lot of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But that also comes from my grandfather, who had a, a great legacy with uh, submission wrestling, and he was able to teach a lot of the next generation of wrestlers in the dungeon, like Brett Nolan and. Uh, all the others, Chris Kimball, and on, and Father, Chris Bemelhoff, Brian Pillman, Sarah. So I think that I have a similar legacy to my grandfather and the group of Also, uh, you know, with my father's legacy, with from the UK and being uh, a wrestler. So I think I, I suppose I have a little bit of, uh, of both of those and, and uh, a little bit of my heart, I like to think, you know, 
He's uh, I really appreciated his storytelling, his technique, and his pacing and uh, timing in the as well. So I've been uh, looking forward to carrying on that legacy. So I, I suppose it's it's a little bit of all those in the fashion to ones, but I'm looking forward to showing more uh, my mission skills. I've also been doing lots of training over in Japan. I've learned uh, the great and he taught me how to uh, kick. And I can kick pretty good, so I'm looking forward to some of that coming on Saturday to uh, MJF and bouncing him around like a soccer ball. Hmm. Pretty dangerous. You're going to combine the wrestling with the, you know, the jujitsu and the submission style and that catch wrestling, but you're always also going to throw in some striking too. It's a kind of a scary thought given your size and your ability. Yes. And power and precision. I mean, it powers one thing. It's a great asset that I, that, that I have, but also accurate with what you're doing in the ring. And I'm going to show that coming up on Saturday. Uh, definitely looking forward to showing the world more of what I can do. Now, looking back at some of your matches, obviously, you know, you had a good run in the WWE. You had an awesome run and continued run in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Do you have some favorite matches, you know, to throw out there? Because obviously, in your career, a huge victory a couple of years ago over Hiroshi Tanahashi. I mean, you've beaten um, Shinsuke Nakamura. You've had some great wins in your career and some great matches. Do you have some favorites? <clears throat> I do. Well, one of my favorites, I just mentioned, was the match with Shinsuke Nakamura. But it was the Sumo Hall match that we had for the IC title. Unfortunately, uh, I didn't come out the victor in that one. But it was one of my favorites, along with the singles match I had with Tanahashi at the G1 2014, where I, I was victorious over him and, and uh, bumped him out of going uh, to the finals of the G1. Also, there's a lot of great matches I had with TJ Wilson. There's one on YouTube. It was my final match for Stampede Wrestling before signing with the WWE. <clears throat> there's a match I had with John Morrison from Superstars. That was uh, from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Awesome. I think one of you as well. Uh, some ones like the 2015 G1 Climax match I had with Satoshi Kojima was really awesome. And I think that's one of the greatest finishes and fastest power bombs I've seen. It wasn't the 2014, it's the 2013. But you have to, uh, I think you have to be a subscriber to the New Japan World to see that. They've taken all the good stuff down from YouTube and Daily Motion. And uh, aside from that, there was another great match I had with Walker, South Carolina. That although it was for a smaller independent company, I felt that our chemistry really meshed and we showed a very different kind of unique UFC slash MMA style pro wrestling match. And we really put our heart in the match and I didn't quite expect that going in just sometimes the flow of the momentum and the flow of the go happens and you know one thing leads to the next and you're 30 minutes into a classic match and you weren't expecting it and think about yourself in, in those big time matches in Japan you know beating Tanahashi beating Nakamura 
to feel like that really puts you on the map. But being a part of Suzuki Gun and being with Minoru Suzuki and obviously being in the Killer Elite Squad, I feel like that kind of elevates you too, where, you know, you're really showing that, that heel side, if you will. You know, I feel like that also is a huge help. And when you guys take over Noah for that brief uh, invasion you guys had, I feel like that just adds another layer to your character, right? It's been a real honor working with our Suzuki and he's really helped with a lot of character stuff over in Japan as far as being a heel. And I felt like himself and Lance Archer, we created a cool tag team Hanson and Brophy. And he's taught me a lot about how to put fears into the fans and put fears in the individuals that you're going up against. So he's been a definite great as far as that goes. Now as far as Japan what is your, I know obviously you're still with your Japan stuff, but what is the, the current relationship? You're kind of on a hiatus for a bit and you're able to do MLW or you kind of just, uh, you know, you're just free to, to do and roam as you please? Well, I suppose you could say I'm free to roam and do as I please. I haven't heard much about from Japan. They're kind of going through a different structure with their company as far as what talent they're using. I know that they lost a lot of guys to AEW and other places. And it was under my assumption that they were trying out their hand at new talent for Ring of Honor for right now. Uh, I still have the rest of my year left on my residence card to keep going back and forth. And hopefully I, I do uh, return. It might not be till September or the Tag League, but hopefully I do. But, um, you know, it just it is what it is. Sometimes you get breaks from from Japan, and, and uh, that's the way it is. So. But I'm ho- looking forward to going back. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you back there. And as far as MLW, I guess you kind of have free reign. He, they don't, like, court doesn't say, oh, you can't wrestle here, can't wrestle there. You're kind of open to where you can go into Japan whenever you not whenever you want, but you're kind of open to it? Uh, yeah. Well, of course, New Japan is the top priority. And if I have to, you know, go there for a tour, that's, you know, that's, if it runs into the MLW conflict, of course, I have to choose New Japan. But aside from that, I consider MLW uh, next to New Japan on the top priority. Yep, and now we, we bring it back to MLW and Fury Road this Saturday, June 1st in Milwaukee. It's going to be a hell of a match. You versus MJF, the Hart Dynasty versus the Dynasty. And uh, if you haven't checked out MLW on BN Sports, you sure are missing out. Go to MLWTickets.com for more information and also MLW.com. Davey Boy, before we let you go, please leave us with some parting words about this match and what MJF's going to expect one more time. Absolutely. I'm going to stretch him, MJF, like one of the action figures, like King Kong Bundy and George Still, where you can grab their arms from the part. MJF, by the time I'm done with him, he's going to be about, well, he'll be about out. Let's put it that way. I'm looking forward to showing some of my new submission techniques, some of my vicious, brutal processes, new kicks, a lot of different unique uh, strikes. And JF, he's going to be very sorry for anything he said about Brett Hit and Hart or my family. And mark my words, as soon as this match is done, he's just taking stone. I'm looking forward to the future, and that future is the MLW Heavyweight Championship. I'm looking forward to challenging Tom Lawler. He's not going to have to worry about the dynasty. He's going to have to worry about the bumps and the bruises. But, David, before we let you go, please share with the listeners where they can find anything and everything going on in the world of Davey Boy Smith Jr. 
Absolutely. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at DB Smith Jr. and on Instagram at DB Smith Jr. as well. Uh, thank you very much to any of the listeners listening. And uh, please, please definitely tune in MLW Fury Road coming up this Saturday. Looking forward to seeing all my fans in Milwaukee. Okay, thank you. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.